Hello everyone, I'm Timothy Nargi. Today I'm here with Isaiah Day, our music director. Uh, Isaiah, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. All right, so um, what we want to do is just ask you a couple questions so the congregation can get to know you a little better. So I kind of want to start off with, um, maybe everyone knows about this, but maybe not. So technically, you have three jobs, right? I have a, I have a couple different things going on right now. So during the week, I'm a licensed professional counselor. I see clients at Newtown Counseling Center. Um, throughout the week, I'm planning for Sundays, and on so Sundays, I'm the music director. And then I also play semi-professional basketball on the side. That's something that just started this past winter. Okay, so let's talk about basketball for a little yeah. bit. So uh, have you always played basketball? Is that your favorite sport? How did you get involved with this team in Williamsburg? Just give us a brief overview. Yeah, that. so I started playing basketball around middle school. My brother actually picked it up first. My younger brother picked it up first, and he's always been the better player. But just coming through, I played a little bit at Covenant, where I, uh, where I did undergrad. And I just heard about this opportunity coming up in Williamsburg. It's a new team, the Triangle Shooters, um, drawing from the Hampton Road, someone from the Richmond and Williamsburg area. And they were just holding open tryouts. So I went out for that entire tryout process this past summer, made the team, and so we've just been running our season ever since. And you're getting paid for it, right? I do get paid for it, yeah. So you're technically a professional basketball player. Yeah, yeah. And so this past year has just been really cool because both playing music and playing basketball have been passions of mine. And so just being able to be paid to do those things I already enjoy is just such a blessing and such an exciting opportunity. That's pretty cool. So where do you play? We play at Williamsburg Christian Academy. That's where we also have our practices. Okay. And you do any travel or does the team do We do travel? travel, yeah. So the team was up in Maryland this past Sunday, We've gone down to North Carolina, Virginia Beach, a couple of other places. How many uh, players are on the team? That's fluctuated a lot. One of the things I found out about semi-professional basketball is just that, you know, it's a stepping stone for guys to land contracts with other teams, other organizations. And so guys are coming in and out as the situation fits for them. It doesn't pay enough for it to be anyone's full-time job. So that means that guys are going to be in and out based on their work schedules and what their availability is. Okay. Yeah. So you might not play with the same guys game after game. Yeah. Yeah. And that was something that I had to get used to, that there's not as much continuity as you would have at like a school or a college level. So how was that for practices and you know running drills and yeah, yeah, game yeah. situations? And yeah, definitely guys got to get comfortable with each other, got to trust each other, and you don't have the same amount of time either for practice or just, like I said, with some guys coming in and out to have that chemistry. So um, it's really important for the coach to have a good structure that guys can fit into and for guys to know how to play. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, that's great. So uh, if you get a free night, <laughs> go see Isaiah <laughs> play some basketball. Appreciate um, it. <clears throat> let me uh, back back up a little bit. Yeah. Um, so your, your, I don't know, your main job or your, the job that takes up most of your time would be your counseling. Yes. So. Why don't, we, why don't you give us just an overview of your education and how you decided on counseling and where you're at now? And Yeah, so my interest in mental health came in college when Leah and my wife was diagnosed with depression. And so this was an opportunity 
just to do a psych minor, learn a little bit more about mental health and how that affects her specifically, but also people in general. And I knew I wanted to pursue something in the mental health profession after college. And when I was applying for grad schools, I didn't even really know the difference between different professions within mental health, between being a psychologist, a counselor, a social worker, a psychiatrist. And so I just applied to a couple of different programs and God put me in the position to be accepted at William and Mary's counselor education program. And that ended up being the program that was right for me. And that was exactly the kind of field and work that I wanted to pursue. So even though I was going about it pretty blind, God led me in the right direction. So that was also how I came to Grace Covenant at first, moving down here to Williamsburg for grad school. And so we've just stayed on ever since. So how long have we been at Grace? I'd say it's probably going on seven or eight years at this point. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's about, been a while. It's about how long we've been here. So. Yeah. I don't know what came here at the same time. <laughs> All right, cool. So, uh, so what does your counseling schedule, your like day to day, look like? Yeah, it can vary a lot because all I'm doing is basically contract work with Newtown Counseling Center. So I'm self-employed and contracted with them. So they handle all the administration, the advertising, and scheduling and insurance billing. So I just need to go in whenever I have a client, and so that'll change from day to day, and I try to figure out my schedule for the week based around when my clients need to meet. Do you have a particular, uh, I don't know if this is going to sound crude, but I'll know the proper language. Do you have a, sure. uh, a particular type of client that you excel at or that they assign you? or? Yeah, so the way it works with insurance, at least with our agreements, is that we can't really pick and choose our clients if they take the insurance that, or if they have the insurance that I take, then it's just whatever order they show up in. Um, that being said, I have worked with a lot of military families dealing with PTSD and some of the aftermath of multiple deployments, long-term deployments, um, especially after retirement when these military spouses and families are trying to pick up the pieces of their marriage after just not addressing all of that for 20 plus years. Um, I've worked with some college students more so recently for whatever reason, um, dealing a lot with anxiety and depression and things like that. But it just seems to come in seasons that I seem to have a typical kind of client for a certain amount of time, and then we just transition to a different group of clients. And I don't exactly know what the pattern is so far, but that just seems to happen. Hey, so you mentioned an uptick of perhaps college students. Yeah. Do you think the pandemic is part of that? Yeah, isolated. Yeah, I think what I've seen and heard from a lot of these clients is that there's just a lot of instability that I think when you and I were coming up through college, it was just kind of, that's the next thing to do. And with COVID for the past couple of classes of seniors going into, I guess their freshman year, or what would have been their freshman year, that was just not as assumed anymore. Things were kind of thrown off track with the way that school was done or their graduation dates or just what was expected from them. So I think they're having to figure out some of this stuff a lot earlier than we had to think through it. Right, yeah, they have to grow up much faster. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's tough. If you were to ask uh, the members of Grace to pray for you in respect to your counseling position, yeah. what would you ask for? Uh, one of the things that I've wrestled with and struggled through a lot is whether to 
pursue this title or to advertise myself as a Christian counselor. And at this point, I don't advertise myself that way. And if any client asks, I'll tell them. But I think just kind of sorting through the common grace insights that researchers have provided to the mental health field while trying to reconcile that with some of the political and social stuff that kind of seeps in as part of that, but also to continue to love and support my clients, even if they hold stances or beliefs that I don't necessarily agree with. And so just trying to reconcile all of that to still be the best counselor that I can be, to serve them the best way that I can, um, and not letting either my personal beliefs or um, any biases that I might have affect my work with them. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's, that's a good request. That's that's tough. Yeah. 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 Trying to work out work out your faith and your vocation. I think Absolutely. We all struggle with that in certain ways. And let me uh, change gears for a second. Um, we'll do what I call a lightning round okay. of questions. Yes. And these are more about like personal tastes and things you enjoy or uh -huh. don't enjoy. So. Uh, they're usually one or two word answers. All right. All right. So very quick. So yeah, coffee right or on. tea? Tea. All right. Um, sweets or savory? Savory. Yeah. Yeah. I know for um, Halloween, um, we tend to tax our kids for their Halloween candy, but I end up not eating not hardly either. any of it. <laughs> yeah. I'm savory for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. I prefer bread over pie. Yeah. 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 Science fiction or fantasy? Oh, man. I like both. I've been reading more fantasy recently, but I grew up on Orson Scott Card and Isaac Asimov, so science fiction was where I started a lot of my kind of reading for fun stuff. Okay. All right. I can't really pick myself either. <laughs> <laughs> books? Physical books or e-books? Oh, yeah. Physical books, easily. Um, I just never got into the habit of reading on a device. It just feels... It feels harder on my eyes and just, I, I don't know, like being able to flip the pages is yeah. a tactile thing for me. Yeah. I definitely prefer physical books. Yeah. And I think I said when I interviewed Nathan, yeah. though, the, the convenience of ebooks. Yeah, yeah. Like on my iPad here, I have, you know, hundreds mm -hmm. of books. That's, that's awesome. But yeah, there's absolutely. something about tactile books. Mm -hmm. All right. So just talk about your family for a little bit. Yeah. So you married two kids. And yes. So... My wife, Leanne, uh, we've been married. Well, we've been interested in each other since like middle school. So oh, we were in wow. the same youth group together. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that one I did not. <laughs> wow. Yeah, uh, we have been together for a long time. And then, um, you know, one of our earliest hurdles in our relationship was that my parents didn't want me dating until college. And so that was a source of tension for us when we were in high school. And we went to Covenant together and after my first year of grad school, we got married. So that would be, uh, we're gonna be going on eight years in May this year. And so we have two kids, Sayla's five, Jesse just turned three, and both have really big personalities. And I know those people who know me are not sure where they got those outsized personalities from <laughs> because both me and Leon are more quiet and introverted and these two will just, yeah, they'll just say whatever they want, no filter, and be running everywhere, being loud, and yeah, some recessive <laughs> gene got through somewhere. <laughs> it's part of your sanctification. <laughs> That's right. 
All right. So, so what are, okay. So we'll get to the music question, but uh -huh. do your kids have any aptitude for music or do you see Yeah, any? yeah. So if anyone sits on the right side of the sanctuary facing the front on Sundays, they will see Jesse in the aisles next to the windows watching Hayden or Peter playing the drums and following along. So he's got a drum set at home and he's just picked up a lot just from watching um, and listening to our guys drumming on Sundays. Um, Sayla's really good at just uh, picking out stuff. She's taught herself a little bit of piano. She's taking violin lessons and both of them take music classes generally. So uh, yeah, just a lot of music influence. They love listening and singing to music. So that's been something that's been really exciting to see. Have you given them any formal lessons yourself or just? Uh, <laughs> Leon wants me to, and I'm just not a great teacher. And I think the reason, at least for music wise, is because I started so young that in terms of like the fundamentals, I don't know how to teach them because I've just always known them. So it's like a native speaker trying to explain like the rules of grammar or something to a non-native speaker that I just don't think about them. That's just what I know. Well, I wouldn't say you're a bad teacher. <laughs> so for those listening, Isaiah gave me violin lessons and the main problem was me with my lack of discipline. <laughs> um, but when I get the chance, I still pluck and, and I remember everything he taught me. So I think Isaiah is a good All teacher. Right, I appreciate that endorsement. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want music lessons. Because I need another job. Yeah, he needs four jobs. <laughs> All right, so now let's get into the, the music. Um, yeah. So you're the music director here. You've been the music director for six, seven years? It's right? been a while now, yeah. yeah. I've lost track, but it's around that time. Okay, good. Um, so what's your journey with music? Yeah, so like I said, I started really early. I started taking um, piano lessons around six years old, and so I've just always been around it. In terms of church music, I started accompanying my dad. He would lead hymns at our church growing up, probably when I was in middle school, so like 12 or 13 years old. And I do credit a lot of that time playing at church to, um, well, I attribute a lot of that practice to me not getting nervous when performing or just playing in front of people anymore. So that was definitely something that was helpful. Um, but yeah, we started incorporating more contemporary worship and music into that church as I went through high school and actually got an opportunity to start leading a little bit there. And that's something I want to touch on later. But that was definitely my first experience with looking back that just because you can be a good musician does not necessarily make you a great leader for music. And I didn't understand that distinction at the time. So that was definitely a growth process for me. And then going to Covenant, where there's a lot of musical talent as well, it was just um, exciting to be able to play with a bunch of different musicians from different backgrounds who play differently and to be able to pick up some of the stuff that they learned. So I took kind of classical training and formal lessons all throughout um, elementary, middle, and high school, took some lessons in college, and have tried to continue challenging myself along the way. So right now I'll still take on accompanying jobs with uh, students in the area who need a piano accompanist for you know, competitions or performances, things like that. So that's how I try to stay sharp with things. 
So you're talking about learning to be a good musician and then learning to lead mm -hmm. well in music. Yeah. Did you have a, a mentor or someone to guide you, or is that just because you were playing with your father, you just kind of picked it up, or right. how would you explain that growth in that area? Yeah, so I'll say that I was not a good leader back when I was starting to do it in high school. And to your point, there was not much mentoring or discipleship or training going on there. It was just, oh, you can play music? Well, then you can lead. Um, and so what happened and what I really appreciate about what we do here at uh, Grace Covenant is that there was not much intentionality behind the choice of songs. It was just, um, uh, well, I like the song that I heard. Let's do it on Sunday. And we had the personnel to be able to pull that off. We had super talented drummers, another pianist who's one of the better pianists I've ever played with, and um, you know, violinists. We had tons of musical talent, but there was just not the intentionality behind the way we constructed the service and why we would pick different songs, what we're trying to communicate with those songs. And those are all things that I started to appreciate more as I got into this position here at Grace Covenant as I worked with Dennis and started to shape the vision for these worship services that we have now. Do you have a long-term vision or what yeah. is your current vision for the music ministry? Yeah, so outline that a little bit. Right. So one thing that I'll say that I think a lot of music directors or you know whatever title you want to throw in there in a similar position at other churches want their churches to be singing churches. And I think our congregation is just amazing at being a singing church already, that we need very little encouragement to just go out and sing our hearts out. And that's amazing um, because that's what God commands us to do, is to sing. Um, so what I'm saying is that one of the goals that I would have normally, like that's already happening. So that's something that I'm super thankful for. One thing I would say that I'd like to do, and I don't know how this would get off the ground, but to have that kind of structure for young musicians to be able to get an experience for what that leadership and that leading looks like, separate from just their musical abilities. What I didn't have growing up, I want to be able to provide that for maybe college students who are here for a time or high schoolers who are interested in looking at music leadership in the future or even if they're not just for them to be able to practice that or get an experience of what that looks like when it's done well. So you're training up new music leaders. Yeah, and that's, that's one kind of discrepancy that I haven't been able to quite work out, that we have a lot of really talented musicians um, that I've seen serve in our music ministry and just not as many high schoolers who come through that. And I don't know whether that's just because they're busy with other stuff whether they don't feel like they're good enough in some way, or whether we just have a couple groups of high schoolers that have not been as musically inclined. And I don't know exactly what's going on there, but I'd like to create some kind of opportunity for those who have that gift or that desire to be able to develop it. And like I said, this is, I have no idea where this would start or what it might even look like, but it was a need that I had growing up that I hope we can meet for other young musicians in the future. See, I always think in, in your, voc your vocation, you can educate someone about the vocation or their skill set, 
but then it's also an opportunity for um, you know discipleship, yeah. how your faith informs your vocation or your skills, mm -hmm. and then how you integrate the two. Going back to uh, musical ability and even musical leadership, how does your faith inform one or the other or both? Yeah, that's a tough question. I think in terms of just like generally music-wise, my parents invested a lot of money into getting me lessons. And that was always what they said. That was always the goal of me being able to use that talent and that ability in God's service, whether that was strictly in a church setting or just being able to glorify God through playing music. Yeah. And so I do want the music in church to be able to um, to serve a purpose of leading towards a more unified uh, view of worship or a more holistic view of worship. And that's why I do appreciate this. It's the distinction that Grace Covenant makes in, the, in my title that I'm the music director, not the worship director, because I think a lot of times we get mixed up that music equals worship. Music is a part of worship, but I want that to serve the larger purpose of all the elements that we do in our church service on Sunday morning is part of worship, whether it's praying, whether it's hearing the word, reading scripture or singing, you know, or anything else that I may have missed are all part of worship. And so I want music to be something that serves that vision and really through music to let the truth and the power of the gospel grab our emotions in a way that sometimes words can't by themselves or sometimes just reading doesn't by itself. Um, music has a unique ability to do that. And so I think to your point, having excellent music, having music done well can really serve that to um, help us feel what that really means. Yeah, that's, that's great. I love that uh, explanation there. A, a holistic approach that you're just one part of mm -hmm. corporate worship. Um, I think Luther says something where um, the first greatest thing is the gospel, but then the next is music. Oh, yeah? So he says something like that. Okay. So, um, so he really appreciated, and he, yeah. wrote, you know, wrote of course, yeah, he was a hymn writer too. And I know you and Nathan were throwing around theologian names and name drop and all that. That's not going to be the conversation I can carry on today. What about musicians? <laughs> yeah, I could probably go with a couple musicians. Um, Give me top three to five. Okay, just in Christian music right no, now. No, nope. You top oh. three to five. Oh my goodness, that makes it even harder. Uh, I'll narrow myself down to Christian musicians right now because that's just going to be too much. Um, just on performance and songwriting alone, I'd go with Phil Wickham as my top right now. I've heard him in concert multiple times and just his range and his control and uh, the songs that he writes are just powerful and um, just amazing to listen to. Um, I used to like Chris Tomlin a lot more and for whatever reason, I just felt like his song started get, sounding really repetitive. Um, so that's not a knock on him, but just like maybe I, I lost my taste for the kind of music that he writes. But otherwise, like I do like Shane and Shane a lot. What they do is they do a lot of covers of like hymns and other Christian songs or worship songs, I guess, that are big and trending. Um, 
And so I like their balance between going through hymns and also covering some of the newer stuff and just doing that very well. Their harmonies are amazing and their the way that they or arrange instrumentals and things like that is something I really appreciate. So I think those are my top two right now, Shane and Shane and Phil Wickham. Do you have a favorite composer? Composer. Your classical yeah. or like for feature films or? <laughs> I like playing from the classical period of music, stuff like Mozart and Haydn. Um, I was really big into playing romantic pieces when I was in high school. So that, that was a, an opportunity for me to be really expressive in my playing. But now I prefer kind of the more technical challenge that comes with playing classical music. So, What is your favorite song to play at Grace? I mean, pretty much any any song where we can cut out the instruments towards the end and just be able to have everybody sing and just hear the voices together. And then this is something I love because our congregation has a lot of singing experience that people will just jump into different harmonies and that's just beautiful. A lot of times we get that in our hymns. So I think, um, you know, stuff like uh, On Christ the Solid Rock I Stand, um, a lot of the Getty stuff that we do, um, is really fun to play because of that opportunity to just have the voices sing and carry the song through to the end and have that just hanging in the hanging in the air after we finish singing. That's really amazing. So pretty much any song where we just get to sing out is gonna be one of my favorites. Yeah. Our congregation's pretty awesome. Yeah. And the way I guess the way that that uh, room is designed helps mm-hmm. for for sure. All that, all those sounds bouncing around. and Yeah, it's tough on Jeff and the sound people. <laughs> yes, yes, it's we... very tough. <laughs> it's uh, designed for music, but not for speaking. But yeah, we're working <laughs> on it, we're getting better. If someone wanted to join the music ministry, yeah. um, it's a two-part question. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you encourage them to do so? And then what kind of commitment or responsibility would you ask of them? Yeah, I think if you want to join, just talk to me. I'm, I think there's, what I've heard from a lot of people is that they feel like they're not good enough. And I alluded to that earlier. I don't, I think there might be a certain floor for if you're going to be playing with other musicians, definitely we want to be at a level where we can play while worshiping and not detract from one or the other. So if leading worship in some capacity causes you to lose focus enough that you're making mistakes or if you're just so focused on the music that's in front of you that you can't be worshiping, I think that's detrimental in either way. So I think there's a certain floor for that, but there's also space um, for other opportunities that, you know, when we used to have the offertory, that would be an opportunity for some musicians who maybe weren't as comfortable playing with a group to be able to serve and glorify God using their musical abilities that way. Um, and I think there are other opportunities within like the consulate ministry that they've looked for different pianists in the past to be able to serve during those services. So I think just um, let me know that you're interested in serving musically. And I think within 
the many different ways that we use music at this church, there will be some place for you to serve within your comfort level and your talents. And that's not to say that you're stuck there because my hope is, like I talked about before, for all our musicians to be able to grow in skill and um, for them to be able to go past what they thought they initially were capable of doing. What sort of time commitments would? Yeah, so time commitment, if, well, I guess it'll vary because some people need more practice, some people need less, and that's not a knock on anyone's skill or it's just people's work processes. So in terms of my abilities as a musician, I'm a good sight reader. I process things quickly. And so that's not to say I'm a better musician than the next person. That's just where my gifts happen to be in terms of not having to look at music a whole bunch of times before I've got it. But I will say that preparation is key. So maybe a couple hours of practice during the week, looking at the music, and then we've got an hour of practice on Sundays. I know Nathan's been trying to do some practices during the week leading up to the service with the entire group. So time commitments may look different depending on who you're working with that week. Um, and then depending on whether we're in one service or two, that whatever, whatever time church takes that morning on Sunday. So yeah, long answer to what you were asking, but it depends on the person, but I think that it's, it's very manageable, especially if music is something that you have a passion for. And so you and I have partnered with our individual skill sets yeah. to do these music videos, and we've done two now. Mm -hmm. And I think the hope is to continue yeah. on as we all have time and availability and good weather or whatever. Right. Um, so tell me what, what you hope to see from those as we continue on with those projects. Yeah, is an album out of the question? <laughs> it's not out of the question, but I mean, that'd be a lot of work, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For, for you guys who do the video and for Tim Seaman who does the sound. Yeah, that'd be more on the... your side, your guys' side, but. <laughs> um, no, that was, that was mostly a joke. Yeah, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say no to it. Yeah. Um, no, I think first it was a, a cool opportunity for, like you said, for different aspects of the the music and IT and whoever else's talents to collaborate on something that was more than just a Sunday morning. So that was an opportunity for me to learn, to watch Tim Seaman working, to watch how you were doing the filming and setting up lighting and things like that. And arranging people and things like that. So um, that was cool just as a musician for me to be able to branch out and see the different sides of production and all of that. Um, I do think one of the shortcomings of our music ministry is that we don't do a lot outside of Sunday morning. And I mean that as a group, we don't necessarily build a lot of community through participation in this ministry. We get to know some people, um, but those music videos are an opportunity for us to spend a couple of hours together, relax, do some work together, and create something really beautiful out of it. So that's something that I've definitely valued in those experiences. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The, the collaborative process between all of us and um, creating something uh, beautiful 
Yeah. That, you know, reflects God himself. Yeah. And that's why I think Luther said the second best thing, or however he phrased it, mm-hmm. is music. And just the talent you guys have, and me trying to show off your talent mm-hmm. as best I can, it's a lot of fun. And I just want to share a story, and we've kind of, you may, I don't know if you realize this fully, we uh, texted back and forth, but... So I shared the video on Facebook, and then the rest of the musicians started sharing everything. Yeah. And someone commented, I think it was Tim Siemens, some lady asked about mm-hmm. visiting our church because of the music she heard. Right. And I'm not saying that that, is, that was the purpose of it, and I don't think it should be the primary purpose, but it seems to be some sort of maybe a blessing there or, or just you know God working through just us having fun and creating beauty. So. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, w- when I asked what would be the future goal or what, what would you see, for me, I would think of just, you know, getting to know the team better, mm-hmm. having fun creating a project, but also displaying beauty that we can share outside of grace. Absolutely. To the community. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'd also add on to that, that sometimes, and, you know, I'm, Americans, I, I feel like we're very utilitarian. But sometimes it's worth it just to create something beautiful. It wasn't our intent to make it evangelistic, right. but it just kind of happened. Yeah. And I think because of the beauty mm-hmm. and the work and time we put into it, that someone recognized that and yeah. just wanted to ask more. So For sure. I thought that was amazing mm-hmm. to see. And hopefully, you know, more of it comes as we continue to definitely do these projects. All right, two more questions. Um, kind of back to the counseling. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm always interested in integrating faith and... Mm-hmm. Your, your vocation, um, but you kind of got like almost two vocations per se, and your faith informs them. Yeah. So I guess the logical question here is, have you had any integration with your music and your counseling? Oh, have there been any crossover between the two? Because I've heard of stories where music has led to, you know, emotional healing and Absolutely. things and helping people. Have you ever thought or process that. If not, I'm putting you on the spot. Don't worry about it. But. No, no, you're fine. Um, I think that's worth thinking through because my cousin, who is a so- clinical social worker, she actually did study using music as a therapeutic tool. And so she'd probably, she's probably actually done all the research on that. But absolutely, uh, one of my ways of dealing with stress and coping is to either play music or to sing along with music. And there's just something really freeing about that. And I think God created music to be able to serve a bunch of different purposes, one of which, like you talked about, can be very cathartic and healing. Um, So to your point, I've never intentionally incorporated music into my counseling. But for my clients who do have an interest in music, who listen to music, um, I definitely make sure that they know that that's a valuable part of what it, what it can do in their lives. So I'll let you have the last word. Any final thoughts or anything you would like to share that I didn't ask or cover? I'll just say I feel very blessed to have, like I said, been in a position where I'm paid to do something that I love to do, which is to play music and to worship God. And moreover to be a part of a congregation that naturally just sings and to be surrounded by so many talented musicians that I've that I've mentioned to a lot of people that's one of the biggest blessings here for our size of church we have a very high ratio of skilled musicians um, and that is just like we have an embarrassment of 
how many people I could ask to play drums, guitar, bass, violin, cello, piano, sing on any given Sunday. Um, and it's just a pleasure to be able to worship with everybody and to be a part of leading that. And I'll also say that with the leadership that we have in our church, that's been a blessing uh, for me as I've learned how to better lead and how to think about leading. That's been, you know, Dennis and Camper have been super great and supportive about shaping and teaching and training me on how to do that well. And so I haven't, I haven't mastered it yet by any means, but I do hope to continue to learn and grow with everybody in this church. All right. Well, thank you for joining us and doing this interview. Isaiah is usually available most Sunday mornings sitting up at the piano. So if you want to talk to him, <laughs> um, you, can, you can also email him. His uh, web address is on the website. And let me ask one more question. How can we pray for you and the music ministry? Yeah. I think that um, one of the biggest things is that Especially on Sunday mornings, it does take a lot of time. I'm here. I'm one of the first people at the church on Sunday mornings. And um, when we are at two services, um, then I'm here for both. So I think more so for our family on those Sunday mornings, because Leanne's got to manage two big personalities in the morning, get them somewhere on time, and then also try to be able to worship. And so... Uh, just prayers and um, support for her as she does that and provides me the opportunity to be able to lead in this way. Mm -hmm.